0: well good morning again brothers and sisters and dear friends and like i say every sunday thank you again for the privilege to invite me into your house to bring to you the word of the lord um a, a very hearty welcome for my family as well uh, it's going well with the shipment family with all of our children the grandchildren god is good i can say that truly we thank the lord every day for his blessings we thank the Lord for His loving kindness. And the Bible says that the Lord, Lord's loving kindness is better than life. And we pursue that and we thank the Lord for that. And my prayer is that it's going well with you as I trust. It is go, it's going well with you in your home today. Well, over the last few weeks we've been preaching through the book of Mark and I continue preaching through the, the gospel of Mark according to Mark. Uh, But today I want to talk to you about a a different topic. This has been laying on my heart this whole week. And uh, to be quite honest to you, when I prepared, I've already prepared the sermon, the next sermon in in the Gospel of Mark. But it is when I I was sitting last night and prepared for uh, recording the video and talking to every one of you that I believe the Lord in the last minute changed this message. So I absolutely believe in my heart that I've got a message for you from the Lord today. So may the Lord bless you. May He may open up your ears to hear and your eyes to see uh, what He wants to encourage you with today. Because we are serving a God who loves His children. And you are one of His children. If the Lord and Savior saved your soul, you're one of His children. And He's got the best on His heart for you. And, and that's what I absolutely believe. So, my dear friends, brother and sister, I want to talk to you today about persistence. The word persistence. Now, I went back and I looked at a definition for persistence. And persistence means it is the act of continuing in an opinion or in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Now just pause for a minute and think about that word. It's to continue on. That is what the word persistence means. It's to continue on in an opinion you've got. Although a lot of other people's opinion might be against your opinion, persistence will push you through that barrier and continue on in your opinion or in an action or a course of action in spite of difficulties and of opposition. Another one says that it's the act of stubbornly continuing to do something. And that word stubbornness there I like in this particular sense, in this reference. And somebody else also said it's the act or effect of continuing to exist longer than usual. So I want to talk to you about this, about this word of persistence Because we are definitely living in a time where we need to be, as children of God, as Christians, persistent in worshipping and praising God. We need to continue longer than usual the way we are continuing right now. And it is the prayer of my heart, as I pray for you, it is the prayer of my heart to the Lord that He will encourage you and strengthen you to be persistent in holding on to the Lord. There is so many things that's happening in the world. There is so many things that's been thrown at children of God. The persecution of the church hasn't started yet. This is worldwide things which is moving into place and there will come a time when this will move and the target will become the children of God. But for now, we're in a grace period and I thank God for that. We are in His dispensation of grace and He still gives us grace as His children. So persistence, I, I understood what persistent meant when uh, I thought about something during this week that happened to us when we uh, passed at the church in New Zealand. There was a South African gospel singer who who came and he visited New Zealand. He wanted to come and sing in New Zealand. And he, and he came to our church and we set up this whole itinerary for him and we put the plans together for him. And he came over and he sang gospel messages to the people in New Zealand and it was wonderful. We took this man to a few other cities and he returned back and we had good prayer time and, and, and the, the Lord moved when he was there and it was really good experience to have him over there. Well, he went back to South Africa and three years later, he, he contacted us again and he wanted to have another tour of New Zealand and we started setting everything up again. I started organizing places where he was going to sing again, the previous places. We organized where this man was going to sleep, how he's going to move around, because this time around, he was going to bring his wife with him. So here we are concentrating on setting everything up and working out so that when he arrives on the shores of New Zealand, we could be ready to host him and also for his talent to be shown again to the people. Now, when he arrived in New Zealand the second time, I didn't pick him up on the airport. A beloved dear brother of us still living in New Zealand picked him up. But I could remember the first time that he walked into the room and I saw him for the second time when he arrived. When he walked into the room that day, dear brother and sister, dear friend, he walked in, he looked me into the eyes, shook my hand and he asked me this question. He asked me this question, which still resonates to me today. And during this last week, I thought about this question again and again. And this is what he asked me. He walked up to me, shook my hand. He said, Hi, Pastor. And he asked me the question. He said, Are you still serving the Lord with everything you've got? Are you still serving the Lord with everything you've got? Now that got me at that point in moment. I said to him, of course I do. And I said, yes, we do. But that night, when I went to bed and when I had time with the Lord, I thought about his question. And then I was sitting there and I thought how busy we were running around, trying to organize, so busy with the things of the Lord and not the Lord of the things so busy with setting things up so that it could be perfect for this man to go out and sing about the Lord of the Word instead of coming to the Lord of the Word in prayer and in supplication. And I was sitting there that night and I had to think, Lord, we became so busy and there were so many other destructions that this man's question really cut me through to the heart. And so often, dear friend, I get myself that I'm sitting and I'm asking that question. Are you still serving the Lord with everything that you've got? And I want to ask you that question. Because we are isolated. And you know what this man was asking me. He was asking me, are you still persistent in serving the Lord? Are you still continuing on? Are you still staying the course to continue longer than usual, till the end of time? And this is a good question to often ask yourself. Are you continuing on serving the Lord and being persistent to do that? Now, I must say, the world way back then, this is now nearly 10, 11 years ago that this occurrence happened. But the world back then, it's not the world that you and I are living in today. Not today. Because you see, there's so many things that can take our attention away from God. So many things. We are living in a lockdown. For how many months now? How many weeks? I mean, here in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, we are still in a lockdown and they say it's until the middle of August. The 15th of August. I hear rumors that they say it could be until the end of August. And who knows? Maybe it will go into September. We don't know. These are things we don't know. And then we are now, we have to now walk. As you go out of your house, you have to walk with a mask. Now, that is not a really good uh, uh, fashion statement for me personally. I mean, when I look at myself in the mirror with a blue thing on my face, uh, that, that's not my best view. That's not my best remembrance of myself. I've, I've replaced it now with a black one trying to get it into fashion. But nevertheless, these are things which occupy our minds now. As I go out of the house, have I got my mask to wear in public? What is the lockdown going to do? It occupies our brain space I mean, and then we walk with the mask and it's hard to breathe in it. To be quite honest to you, it's hard to breathe in it and you have to get used to it. And if you've got uh, glasses on, it fogs up your glasses and all of these things that you need to think about. It is so different world that we are living in today that when that man asked me, are you still serving the Lord with everything you've got? So many things that occupy our minds. We hear about lies going on all around the world. We hear about one world order. We see injustices. We hear rumors. There's trouble between Australia and China. And a lot of people are fretting out about how that's going to influence our economy. There's problems between America and China. It's evident. Everybody knows it. And we don't know that it could lead to a war. Well, the Bible talks about rumors of war. We see these things happen. There's problems now with Russia going on in the world. There is spying rumors that's going on. There's rumors going on about, you know, chip that Bill Gates is going to put in your hands and all of these things. I, I get that. You see, it's different than 10 or 11 years ago when I could easily say to that man, yes, but that night I remembered how busy I was organizing the things of the Lord and not being busy with the Lord of the things. And we are now in a much more clattered world than back then. All of these rumors going on. We hear about the vaccine that's coming out. We hear some preachers coming out and say it's the mark of the beast. And some preachers fear mongering people into a lot of things. I know, I see and I can read everything and I've got a lot of information about it. And this is the world we are living in now. This is the world that we have to make peace with. And now the latest that I've heard is that they want to ban worshiping, singing songs and hymns in churches. Because it can spread the virus. And And it's so easy. It's so easy, my dear friend, to get caught up in all of these things and say, we're going to resist it or how are we going to do that and, and all of these things. We can get so busy with the things of the world and our Spiritual eyes get cluttered in front of us so that we can't clearly see Jesus Christ any longer. So I ask, in the midst of this world we are living, and I haven't even come into your house, so I don't even know the challenges that you've personally got on top of what is in the world. I mean, parents who's got young little children who's going to bed at night and wonder what is going to happen to my children. What is going to happen to our children? What is going to happen to our world? And this is where this word persistence comes out again. And I I want to ask you, how persistent are you? How busy are you with God? How busy are you with Jesus? Are you still worshipping Him? Are you still talking with Him? Are you still listening to Him? You know what picture noise is. Picture noise is if, if you see all the billboards and everything and they bombard you with a lot of colors and everything, and you can see so many things, it becomes days a dizziness in front of you. So you've got also noise going on, audio noise and there's a bombardment in the world for your attention and for my attention and in the midst of that bombardment is the soft voice of God calling on you and calling on me for time with you and with me. And what he's asking you is to persist in your faith. Is to continue in your faith. I know it's hard. And I can't do physically nothing. To make it easier for you. And let me say the politicians will not be able to make it easier for you. No man will be able to make it easier for you. Even, even if if the gov- the state uh, you know governor comes out and he lifts the ban. And he says go freely into the world. You are free. There is still a lot of things going on. But are you persistent in worshipping God? That's my question today. And I'm not even going to ask you to forgive me for mentioning and quoting that question over and over again because I can't ask it too much. What are you busy with? What are you looking at? Spend more time with Him and He will take the fear out of your heart. They interviewed a stone cutter back in the day where they didn't have these machines that could cut through stones. They were still sitting there with a chisel and a hammer. And this interviewer looked at this man chiseling away at a rock. And he said the interviewer said he must have seen this man knocking that thing a hundred times, and it's just on hundred and first time that he hit that chisel on the rock that the rock split open. And he interviewed the man afterwards, and he said to him, "How was that for you? How was that, you know, experience for you?" Um, and the man said to him, the the stone cutter said to the interviewer, he said, "Look, it wasn't the one." One blow that broke the stone in two. It was the hundred before it. He was persistent in what he was going to do. Brother and sister, I'm asking you to be persistent in worshipping the God, the Lord, and following Him with everything in your life. Now we find a passage, and I'm going to be short this morning. We find a passage in the Bible about persistence, especially what I'm talking about. In Luke chapter 18, if you want to open up your Bible there and follow in your own Bible, you can pause the video right now and, and open up there. In Luke chapter 18 verse 1, we find the following. Then he spoke, this is Jesus, a parable to them. We know what a parable is. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly message. It is something they can relate to, but... Jesus wants to give them a meaning behind this parable, this story. He spoke to them a parable that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. I think that just encapsulates everything that I said this morning so far. That men should always, always ought to pray. Always means always or to pray and not lose heart this message here or or the message is the parable and and it tells us what this parable is all about it is about men needs to pray it is a parable about prayer it's a parable about persisting prayer it's a parable that we're, even when things is not well, to keep on praying. And then he says to pray and not to lose heart. So in other words, if you start, stop praying, you're going to lose heart. And if you're going to lose heart, you're not going to pray. And this is what this parable is all about. No matter what it takes. You see, all the things in the world is an obstacle to prayer. And if you stop praying, your faith is starting to dwindling and when faith goes out the door, fear steps in. That's when you start looking at the things around you and you become fearful. And the more fearful you become, the more you lose your heart. And the more you lose your heart, the less you pray. And the less you pray, the more fearful you become. And the more fearful you become, the more you lose your heart. And the more you lose your heart, the less you become to pray. And it continues like that. And Jesus tells these men, these disciples of him, this parable. He says, I want to tell you something now. I'm going to tell you a story. And this story is going to tell you about keep on praying. Keep on sitting at Jesus' feet. Because these obstacles will make you lose your heart. So this is what he said to them. Men ought to keep on praying and not lose heart. But listen how Paul wrote it to the church in Corinth. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, about losing the, of the heart. He says, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Paul, back in his day, I mean, he is a man who could have lost his heart so many times. If you can go and start and read up through the book of Corinthians about all the things that happened to him personally, I mean, being locked down in a house is not a patch against what he went through. But he writes to the church in Corinthians. He says that since we have this ministry, you and I have a ministry, brother and sister, dear friend. We've got Jesus in us, the Holy Spirit in us. He says, I will be in you and with you forever. We've got a message in the midst of a world who has got nothing to say. They've done this before. They've done this before, but they've got nothing to say. We've got something to say. We've got a ministry that brings life. We've got a word that brings life. And you and you better walk with that life in your body. Do not walk defeated. Do not let these circumstances defeat you. But stand up straight, stand upright, and say, Lord, I thank you for this ministry that we have in your hearts. And therefore we have received mercy and therefore we do not lose heart. We have received mercy from the Lord above. And then he continues in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, and every time when you see the word therefore, you need to read in front of it and to see this is now application. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. And my question to Paul would be, why not, Paul? Tell us, why do we not lose heart? He says, even though our outward man is perishing, our outward man means this body of flesh. And the biggest worry these days is people worry about this flesh. They worry about this body. And he says, therefore, although it's perishing, yet inward man is being renewed day by day. Doesn't matter what's going on around us, but we get renewed day by day. Now you've got to stop and ask the question, Paul, how can you say these words? I've got a sore knee, I've got a sore arm, you know, my hair is falling out, I can feel the wrinkles, I can feel a back pain, I mean, just during this week, all of a sudden, a pain in my leg, you know, where did this come from? It's an outward body, but let not that take away the joy of the Lord in your heart. Because although it's perishing outside, we are renewed day by day. Now, the question is, if you are in isolation, if you sit there where nobody can reach you and you can reach nobody, how are you renewed day by day? Oh, but that is so wonderful. That is so good that you asked that question. Let me answer it for you. It's all that I'm talking about. Your persistence in faith, your persistence in speaking to the Lord, your persistence, brother and sister in opening up your Bible and spend time with Him. That is how you are renewed day by day. That's why this man can write down and say, this is what I'm telling you, that I'm not losing heart, I'm renewed day by day by the inner man. He continued to say in verse 17, for our light affliction. <laughs> Look, you and I may be Locked down in our homes, in our homes. This man was sitting in jail and he calls it a light affliction. I mean, we can, st- I can still walk out of my door into my garden. I can still get in my car and go to the supermarket. I can still, you know, at the supermarket, go in next door and quickly go into a consumer electronic shop to go and buy electronic. He couldn't do that. He was bounded by others and he calls it a light affliction which is but for a moment, you see, is working for us a far more exceeding an external weight of glory. While we do not look at the things we are seeing, We do not look at the things which are seen. I mean, you're going to mess yourself so much up if you keep on looking at the things which are seen. Keep your eye on God and on Jesus and He will. Look, there's so many scriptures which just comes up in my mind now. I mean, I think in Psalms, He says, For thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a a light unto my feet, and a lamp unto my path. You, You know that scripture verse. I think it's Psalm 107, 109, 109, 107. I'll put it on the screen so that you can see it. Think about that scripture verse. Thy word, thy word is a light unto my feet. So that means where I'm standing right here, I can bring light into my own life and can see around me so that I don't fall over obstacles. But it's also a lamp into my path. What do I take on my path? Wherever I go, I take the Lamb of God so that He can direct my footsteps. And here Paul says, he says it's only for a short. We do not look at the things we've seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, But the things which are not seen are eternal. He writes the same to Galatians. Chapter 4, 6, verse 9. And let us not grow weary. Weary. I know. I've heard somebody say during the week to me, it's it's already now two months. I'm getting so weary and I've got another four weeks to look forward being locked down. Do not grow weary. Be persistent. That's what I'm saying this morning we do not grow weary while doing good. For due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So Jesus turned to the disciples and says, I want to tell you this parable about men who ought always to pray and not lose heart. And then in verse 2 in the narrative in Luke 17, he says, There is a certain city in a certain city, a judge. Now, if you hear a judge, it's somebody who's got to bring justice, okay? It's a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now, there was a widow in the city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. So what are we learning first of all? We see that she had everything against her. Everything is against her. And you might be sitting there and say, everything is against me. If it's not the COVID situation, it might be your personal life. It might be family members. It might be, I don't know what it is. But everything's against you like this widow said. She had everything against her. Now let's see what she had against her. She had an ungodly judge. The word says he did not fear God. And believe you me that this is not the kind of man that I want to sit as a justice over me. Although in the world today, there's a lot of these judges. They're not God fearing. They used to be, but they're not. And even that, even that plays right into the prophecy of the Bible. So he, he did not fear God. He had no regard for man. So he was a really hard man and he was driven by his own agenda, by his own personal concepts and everything. And I would say maybe not a very favorite judge, according to the people. So he was ruthless. And then we hear that she's a widow. So when Jesus tells this parable, he could have chosen anybody else to fill this role or the spot against the judge. He could have used the mayor. He could have used, you know, a strong man. He could have used a very important centurion. No, no, no. He uses a widow. Why? Because widows were socially powerless in those days, according to the Old Testament. They were socially powerless. There was no man for her to stand up and she had to go to this ruthless judge. Talk about the odds against you. Talk about things against you. So this widow went and all she asked for was justice. Just give me justice from my adversary. Now in verse four, we see how this plays out and he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man. In other words, I'm ruthless yet. Because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me down. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust said. Take note what this unjust said. Let me read it to you again. What did He say? Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming, persistence, you see? She troubles him. She continually come back to him. She wears him out. Then the Lord said, "Hear what this unjudge said, and shall not avenge his, uh, uh, and shall God not avenge his own leg to cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them." What we're reading here is is that her persistence paid off. She kept on coming back to him. Look at the words here. And he would not for a while. That tells me that she came and he said no. She came and he said no. She came and he said no. She came and how long is a while continuing on? For a while she kept on coming. But then he grew weary and she were persistent in coming to him. Until she got what she wanted from this judge. Now by far Jesus is not saying God is the unjudged judge. When he says if God will not uh, avenge his own. He says in verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. That's his people. That's a different message. But I want to talk to you and stay on the persistence. Nevertheless he says. When the Son of Man comes, will He really find faith on the earth? Now, I want to end today with those words. Because this week, for a few times, this scripture came back to me. In fact, I told you when I started this sermon that I already got the other sermon ready. I could have preached it to you today. But I believe at the last hour when I prayed the last prayer and when I contemplated about the message that the Lord wanted me to tell, to preach about this today. I believe that. It's because this scripture verse didn't come to me once in during the week. I was driving in the car with Leone, and I quoted the, the scripture verse. I came back, I was doing work, you know, with my, my work, uh, where I work in the day, and I was uh, turning out of one of your team meetings and I was sitting there, the scripture verse came to me. And it's a few times this week that this verse came back to me. And this is the verse. When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? And it is very applicable to ask that question today in your circumstances. You see, we can't just have faith when it goes well with us. We need to have faith when our faith is tested. We need to keep that faith. The particular faith he's talking about here is the faith of continuing and trusting in God, even in the midst of what we're going through. This is what the Bible talks about, the peace that surpasses all understanding. This is what Paul talks about, that although the outward man is perishing, the in-man is renewed day by day. Listen, brother and sister, in this time in lockdown, this is what you need to do. Renew that in-man. Renew him. Renew him day by day. You can't renew him on your own. You need to go to the renewer. You need to go to the one who can renew that, and that is him. Trust in him. Have faith in him. Although you hear all these things, it is going to happen. Let me just put it out there. The prophecies of the Bible is going to come to fulfillment. I'm not neglecting on that. It's happening in front of your eyes. It's playing off in front of your TV sets, in the newspapers, on the radio stations, on YouTube, on Facebook, all the social medias. These things are happening. And yes, we need to look at those things, but we need to stay calm and we need to stay faithful in the Lord that He will guide and protect our way. All we need to do is to stay persistent, keep on doing the things that we have to hold on to our faith. We need to do that. When the Son of Man comes, will He really, will He really find faith on the earth? When Jesus said this, in this particular parable, he was directing to the to the prayer kind of faith. To the keep on praying that means always ought, always ought to pray. That is what faith is talking about. Is that faith still evident in your life? That's the only thing that's going to give you guidance through all of this. So I ask you again this question. Let me just finish with asking you this question. How is your persistence? And are you still serving the Lord with everything you've got? Now the question then is then, what shall we do then? My final verse for the day. You know, when Paul writes to the church in Philippi, in Philippians chapter 3 verse 12, he says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as laying hold of it yet, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind and reach forward to that that lies ahead of me. I press onwards to the goal for the price of an upward call in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. I, I press forward. I press forward towards the goal for the price. What is the price, Paul? The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's coming back again. He went away, but not to stay. Soon and very soon, we're going to see our King. So I pray that the Lord bless you today. Be persistent. Go back to this passage. Listen it over again. Pray to the Lord. Be calm. We love you. I love you. I miss you. We really miss you. It's going to be great. I said it before. It's going to be great when we all get together. But if it's not on this earth, dear brother and sister, we are going to get together in heaven and we will be there in glory with Him. So let us not fear about things, but be persistent in worshiping and praising God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for Your Word. I thank You, Lord, for Your faith that You've planted in us. I thank You, Lord, that You help us strengthening it. And this morning, I pray that You go with my brothers and sisters. Bless their hearts. Keep them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen.